What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. It's your host, Joe Ciccoletti and Blaine Spencer. We took last week off because, you know, it's what we do, apparently. We just take a week off every, like, two or three episodes. So, we're back! <laughs> but, um, had some fascinating football games. We had one not-so-competitive and three very competitive. But, Joe, how are we doing? No guests today, guys. No guests today. We're doing well. No slander against the Washington Commanders here. Yo, no I, slander. Oh my gosh, bro. I did a count. It was like 15. <laughs> but Shout no, out like, Marcus. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm um, doing well. Doing well. Glad to be back talking a little NFL. We're almost done. We only got two more weeks left. It's sad to say. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, two more weeks of football. Solid football played over this uh, this past weekend. Not as exciting as the wild card round, but um, was exciting football to say the least. So, how are we doing, my guy? You know, I'm doing well. Just uh, whoa, something whoa. just played. I don't know what just played into my headphones, but something just absolutely just played into my headphones at the most whoa. random time. All right, keep it PG now. <laughs> hey, I said, I said, whoa. That's all I said. <laughs> <laughs> I just had no idea what just played into my freaking heads. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh I'm doing well, you know, got uh just hanging out tonight. Played a little hoops today, gonna play some more hoops later. Just hoops, hoops, and hoops. Up up in the waist, the elevator man, they love it. Dickie B, shout out him. Hope he's doing well. Hope he's doing well. I but I can I tell you right up. now, I am no elevator man. It's down, down in a way. He's staying on the ground. From downtown. Yo, there you go. Hurts not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Minimal. Bro, like Zebo, right? Like getting three inches off the ground. A man could rebound. I'll tell Yo, you that. Absolutely hook this kid with a nice little pump fake from the three-point line, though, and then a little two dribble midi. And my buddy was talking so much trash. He was like, you're going to airball this. And I absolutely watered it, turned around, pointed right at him. I say, that's why you're on the bench and kept running. Yeah. <laughs> didn't make another shot after that, folks. Didn't make another shot after nope. that. Nope. Nope. Did not. <laughs> also didn't take another shot after that, though, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking about since we're talking ball, I got to bring him up. Joel Embiid, 70 point last night. Impressive. Impressive stuff. I was like. I, first off, I, I really want to tune into the game, and I almost considered going to the game. I was looking at tickets all really? night. Yeah, I was looking at tickets, and the reason actually why I wanted to go was to see Victor Wembanyaman since he was coming to town. He's only mm. coming once this year, so I was like, oh, like maybe I'll go to the game because Victor's he, he, he's a specimen. He's seven foot six, right? Like he's he's an impeccable player. Got all handles at the wazoo, can shoot the rock, got all these moves, right? Um, so you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna sit down, watch the game, like. Truthfully enough, just haven't had time to actually sit down and watch a lot of these Sixers games uh, as of more recently. But I'm like, I made it a point. I'm like, I'm sitting down. We're watching this game. I'm going to watch it from start to finish, you know, go there. And it's it's kind of shocking to me. And, and I'm assuming you had the same feeling with, with Steph Curry at one point where Joel goes out and just he drops 30 and kind of just expect it. And if he doesn't drop 30, you're just like, Whoa, bad night for Joel. Oh, but he had 28 tonight. Like, what? Like, the man is on a unbelievable streak that only Will Chamberlain and James Harden has done, um, scoring 30 points in consecutive games. I believe he's at 22 or 23 now. Last night, dropped 70. 
um, against the Spurs, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like you're watching him play, and it's just like he cannot miss. He's his mid range game is unbelievable right now. Like he is almost able to make anything around that free throw line. Then now, well, now he starts making them. So now the defender has to come out and cover that. So he's like, all right, now I'm going inside on you. It starts posting him up inside, dribble drive. He dunks at it, makes a couple threes here and there. It was just like, like magical to watch yesterday. I mean, it's not just what he has done just yesterday. He's done this in every game that he has played so far. So just want to give a quick shout out to him. But Victor Romayama had a game. I think he scored the most points of his career. Actually, last night, I think he scored somewhere in the 30s. Uh, I think they won Sixers ended up winning by 15, but like they won the game. Joel Embiid at 70. It was an incredible four and 70, 18 and five, I think it was, was the sat line. You know, um, the franchise was record broke Wilt's record last night, too. Yeah, broke the record. And um, so they were actually talking on the on the radio today. And I kind of got thinking about this question. The question was this. First question, and then it'll be a follow-up if the answer is yes. Okay. Is Joel Embiid the best 76er if he wins a championship? I would say yes. I would say yes. If he wins. It's close, but I would say if yes. He wins, if he wins a championship. If he doesn't win a championship, is he the best player to ever put on the 76ers uniform? I think he's the best talent that they've – not the best player. I, I mean, it's – I mean, look. Dr. Uh, it's, J, it's, it's Moses, very arguable. AI, but like AI never won it. You know, Moses and Jay did. But I was like, I mean, AI did, AI was always there, right? And like that was the era we grew up with a little bit right. more. We didn't grow up during Jay and, and Moses. But I mean, what Joel's doing, especially over the last two, three years, it's just like unprecedented. Like mm. he's, he, he's the best player at times. In the NBA, like I know Giannis is there, and and Jokic, and LeBron even at sometimes, you know, and and Booker too, you know, they were they all Luca, like all them guys come in, but Joel's like just consistently day in and day out, and especially over this run that he's on right now, it's just unprecedented. So just wanted to give a quick shout. Oh yeah, no plays, dudes, elite. The problem with him is that can he stay on the court enough for you guys? That's the only issue. It's just his health, right? Yeah. Yeah, that and getting over the second round hump here. So, but. well, to be fair, Cat also had sixty two last night, and they still lost the Charlotte freaking Hornets. So at home, at, at home. home, I don't want to hear it. That's a bum. You know where he went to school at? Kentucky. Place stinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Blake. Let's get to some NFL talk. First game of the weekend: the Texans take on the Ravens at home in a cold Baltimore next mm-hmm. to the Harbor. You go into the game, Texans just beat out Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. They look dominated. Offensively was slinging the rock. Defensively was able to stop Joe Flacco and get pressure and get sacks on him. A lot of people were looking, could this be Stroud? You know, could he come out of nowhere and beat Lamar Jackson? perennial MVP mm-hmm. candidate right now, right? Mm-hmm. And beat this number one defense. Go in and first half was tight. 10-10. Looked like it was going to be a battle. Cook them down to the last second. 
cut, you know, in the second half in the fourth quarter. Lamar Jackson went in at halftime, ripped them guys a new asshole. Hate to say it, but that's what they did. And went in there, second half, made a statement, scored 21 unanswered points on the Houston Texans and uh, showed why they are the number one seed in the AFC. Blaine, Lamar Jackson take over. Unbelievable stuff. What did you think of the game? I think – for me, like the game was tight, right at 10-10, but I never really felt like Houston really had a chance. Really, it never felt like Houston truly had a shot, even with them being tied. You just kept waiting and waiting for Baltimore to kick into that extra gear, right? Because the defense was elite, right? The 10-10, the only time reason it was tied is because Houston ran a punt return back. John Harbaugh was not thrilled as a special teams coach for that. Um, but then, like, Lamar on that first drive, making smart decisions, used his legs a lot more. And you could see the man is a reluctant runner until now it gets to the postseason. That's what it kind of has turned into, right? Yes. He is now yep. making sure that he's healthy to get to this moment where he can use his legs and be just that much more of a weapon for the Baltimore Ravens, right? 11 carries, 100 yards, two tutties. Then he went 16 and 22, a buck 52, two tutties. Like 252 total yards, four touchdowns, right? It's not like the touchdowns are eye-popping, right? But like if you're only looking at the yard statistic, you're like, oh, it's just an average Lamar day. But mm -hmm. he was absolutely kind of just – picking and choosing, tearing them apart, knew exactly when the run game needed to be called in to finally kind of wrap up that game in that fourth quarter. But, I mean, the man's the most – is the best athlete the NFL's seen since Michael Vick. Like, it's not even close. And you could probably make that argument that, like, if Michael – if he was in Michael Vick's era, he probably would have been putting up crazier numbers than Mike would be. Like he was, he made it look like it was, he was a couple of those plays where he actually, when he made those jukes on that naked boot on, on fourth and one, he made it look like there, it was like peewee football, like skirt and see you night, night. Like the man's incredible. And from a Houston perspective, I think they're playing for house money, right? They've already had a successful year. There's no moral victories, right? But you got to take this year as a huge success for the Texans regardless. And they ran into the, arguably the best team in football. Agreed. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, Lamar was able to determine when he needed to run. And uh, D'Amico Ryans came in with a hell of a game plan to try to protect, or not protect, excuse me, contain him into the pocket, right? Instead of having his, you know, defensive ends crash the uh, pocket, it was more, all right, hey, we're just going to contain him in this pocket and eventually collapse that pocket and suffocate it. But Lamar... You know, realized that I think after the first mm -hmm. half that he was like, you know what, I'm just gonna start running right up the gut, and that's what happened a lot of times. That's how he scored one of his touchdowns was running right up the gut and had Gus Bus lead in the way straight ahead. Um, you know, and I think they they realized that they figured out, and that's where Lamar was being smart in terms of this running game. Um, you know, with over a hundred yards on the ground, which was impressive stuff. But you know, on the flip side, I, I think Baltimore Ravens defense. Uh, really showed out, especially in that second half, bringing pressure on Stroud. And and that was going to be Houston Texans' kryptonite, right? right? Is that offensive line. That offensive line was going to be a killer for them. I mean, Laramie Tunsil is one of the 
one of the best left tackles out there, right? And, and but the rest of the line is iffy to say the sure. least. And, and that's and that's where they struggled at. I mean, thankfully enough, they got hopefully a dog and CJ Stroud, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we knew the offensive line was the kryptonite and it was gonna backfire on them potentially, and it did, and it showed. Um, you know, Stroud was pressured all game long. Uh, especially in that second half, and it really affected him throwing the ball downfield, which is what he did so successful versus the Browns. Um, and they just weren't able to move the ball. But, you know, I, I think I think as you hear the dog in the back, because he's a dog. <laughs> um, but, no, on the flip side, you got to think about this with Stroud, though, is he's probably going to get a new offense coordinator because um, what's it, Slovic, Slavic? Is probably going to get hired somewhere, I've heard. So that's going to be a new regime for him. Yeah, like what's going to happen now with Stroud and his development? Like he has developed Stroud so well now. Um, And and what's going to go on moving forward and whatnot? So is it going to be like a Brian Day Ball and Josh Allen situation? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. So let me get the dog out of here. Go ahead. You talk. You got it. All right. So I'm going to start moving on to the next game while – Joe gets the little pupper out of here. Um, next game was Green Bay against San Francisco. Turned into a game-winning drive for the San Francisco 49ers as they scored a late touchdown, 10 points in the fourth quarter to pull out with a 24-21 victory over the Jordan Love Green Bay Packers. And I think my takeaway from this one is not that the – Niners won it. It felt like the Packers kind of lost it in that fourth quarter. Remember, the Niners hadn't, under Kyle Shanahan, over when they're down seven points going into the fourth quarter, had never won a game. This team is a front-running team. You saw Debo get injured in the first quarter. It seems like in the x-rays, everything signs point that he might be able to give it a go in the conference championship. But you got to give Brock Purdy his flowers. He was pretty bad those first three and a half quarters. But when it mattered on that final drive, the man made every throw he needed to make to help win that game with that and on that fourth and final drive. Joe, your thoughts on that one in a rain fest in San Francisco? Um. <clears throat> Once again, big X factors on both sides of the ball was uh, Debo Samuel leaving, which I've said from the start. Um, I, I truthfully think Debo Samuel is the uh, conductor, the the uh, lead on this offensive. That's mm-hmm. what makes the offense run. Everyone thinks it's CMC and CMC. Yeah, CMC is the best running back in the league. But when Debo Samuel is out, that offense is completely different. I've said that all year this year now so far, and you kind of seen it happen when Debo left after the first quarter. Right. Other side, Green Bay. Aaron Jones is still playing hell of ball. It's unbelievable. Had over 100 mm-hmm. yards once again. Is able to show that he's able to run and catch the ball out of the backfield, even though he is starting to age more and more. And, and, and fortunately enough, he just keeps getting injured and it's not on the field. But when he is on the field, Green Bay is a different animal, different team. Jordan Love is a different animal, different team when Aaron Jones is on the field. Granted, you did see the, you know, the mistake. Um, with the INT late by Jordan Love throwing that ball cross-bodied. Um, you know, that's just a rookie, not a rookie mistake, but that's just like an inexperienced quarterback mistake that you just can't do. And I understand he was trying to force the ball downfield a little bit. I get that, sure. but um, just something you can't have and happen as well. 
Um, but it, it was it was a game that we kind of expected. It was probably going to be a close one, um, a battle to say the least. And, and you had a feeling Sanford was maybe going to come stumbling out the gate a little bit. And kind of same thing with the Ravens did, right? They were off now for a week, maybe even two weeks now at this point, uh, especially right. San Fran. I know they took off the last week, so it's two weeks off now. Um, so you know they're going to come out the gate, maybe not the best. They're going to come out a little rusty, but, you know, in the second half, they're going to be able to turn it on, and that's what they just, just hear. You know, and like you said, they are a front-runner team, but when the lights go off hey, – no, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, they are a front-runner team, but, you know, when the lights shine bright, in the uh, third and fourth quarter, they were able to pull through and beat the Green Bay Packers, which they should have, and they did. So they're on the next week. Yeah, and I think if you look at it from a Green Bay perspective, right, I think you answered all the all the questions that you had coming in got answered, right? You think you've now found your quarterback, how Jordan Love really turned it on the second half of the year, right? He made two bad throws, in that game that turned into two INTs. I think that turned into was it I think it was all 10 points, if I remember in that fourth quarter. Um, I might I might be wrong on that, but I know he made the last one on the last drive and he led to he had that tip pass they threw behind also led to a pick. I think that one led to points. But the kid the kid showcased that you're gonna have hopefully your quarterback again for the next decade, right? Just Green Bay system, however they like to do it. You draft your quarterback when you think you found them. You let them sit for three to four years, and you say, all right, bud, you've learned long enough. Go figure it out. And like you said, though, Aaron Jones creates the mayhem for this team on the offense side of the ball. The play-action game. You have all these young dogs at wide receiver, right, with Dobbs, Watson. It was a different guy each week. I think they said some something flowers crazy. to Jaden Reed there. Give some yeah, flowers Jayden, to Jaden Reed. Chow, that Jayden Reed, Luke Musgrave as well. Yeah. I think they had a different leading receiver every month. And that was like a crazy stat. Not a single receiver on their team was the leading receiver twice. So that just shows you how they know how to feed the ball and feed the ball around, spread the ball around with these young, solid wide receivers. And then again, from the Niners' perspective, they found a way. This Debo Samuel injury is going to really dictate how this who they're going to be playing, and we'll kind of lead to that, which is the Detroit Lions. And they came away with a solid 31-23 victory at home. The Ford Field Dome was electric, 100% the best scene of the weekend without even a question. All I can remember and picture in my head right now is Aiden Hutchinson after the game with him just taking in that moment, right? Being a local kid, being a Detroit Lions fan since he's grown up, right? Knowing how bad this franchise has been, and now they're on, there are two wins from being on the top of the world in the National Football Week, which is crazy to think about. Jared Goff, another solid game, 30 of 43, 287, two tutties. Gibbs had 75 yards and a tutty. Just an all-around great performance defensively. We knew that was their issue. And as much as I have hated on Baker Mayfield, and I will probably continue to hate on Baker Mayfield, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have found their quarterback for next year, which is going to be Baker Mayfield. So I will give him his flowers. He did make the bad throw on that final possession. 
But still, the man played, he also played extremely well against them. And Mike Evans, absolutely a dog. Eight for 147, certified bucket. You might as well just lock him in. Like how you said, you've been giving Mike Evans his flowers all year. Um, Joe, takeaway on the Bucks lines. Like I say, death taxes and Mike Evans getting 1,000 yards a year. It's certified. It just, it's it's a lock. Um, very good game. Like you said, Ford Field was absolutely electric once again. I don't know if it was as loud as the wildcard round, but <laughs> it was loud to say the least for sure. Um, and, and I've been saying it kind of all year, right, is Tampa Bay is not able to run the ball. They're not able to run the ball, and, oh and they God, were God. not able to run the ball once again versus those Lions, and I knew that was going to backfire on them. Um, the Lions have one of the best rush defense in the league and going up against probably one of the worst rushing offenses <laughs> in the league, and it, and it showed with Rashard White only getting 55 yards on the ground. I mean, it's, to be um, fair, to be fair, Joe. I mean, he was averaging six yards a carry. I think they just gave away, gave up on the run game. That's probably too. yeah, exactly. They were just like, yeah, we're gonna give him no shot. We we just have no shot, right? We're just gonna pass as much as we can. Yeah, we'll just do that. But yeah, Baker. We knew Baker was gonna have some good yards on this game, taking advantage of them cornerbacks in the secondary of the Detroit Lions, who has been struggling all year, and it showed with Mike Evans getting over 140 yards. Um, in the receiving end as well, making a beautiful 40-50 yard catch. Didn't score, got down at the one, but a beautiful 40-50 yard mm-hmm. catch uh, to get them in the end zone or, ne- or near the uh, red zone, to say the least. So, uh, yeah, no, it, it was a very, very hard fall game until about the end when Jameer Gibbs kind of took over. Amon St. Brown made a couple nice catches as well, and Sam LaPorter just being Sam LaPorter, the awesome uh, Iowa tight end, to say the least. Yeah. Um, the great rookie performance that he's done all year. But, yeah, Jameer Gibbs kind of shut it down, uh, especially with them. I think it was in the midway through the third quarter or in, or in the fourth quarter at that point. Had a nice couple 20, 25-yard runs to put them in a good territory and end up scoring and then uh, propelling the Lions uh, to victory at that point. Did you, Blaine, did you see the uh, the odd thing that Todd Bowles didn't do at the end of the game. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, why didn't he call timeout to make them kick the field goal? Uh, yeah, it I almost felt like he threw in the he threw in the towel like so early. Maybe it was like out of respect, kind of thing. Like I, I don't know. Like to me, like you're playing to win the game either way. But like to me, it I would have like, called timeout. You yeah, make him but, kick it. There's you have a. Even though it's a 1% chance, right, of you getting the ball and getting, like, he's 1% for him to mi- miss the field goal first. Then you got to get a crazy touchdown and then get the two-point conversion, right? Correct. But it's still a hypothetical in there. Did I never heard from him comment on it. Did you? No comment. I haven't heard anything about it. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of odd. But it was also odd that the Lions, like, knelt the ball that early. Right, yeah. like were they not aware that they had a timeout? Like, like what went on with all I, that? It, right? it almost felt like both teams thought that they were out of timeouts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get back. You know, the Lions are moving forward, so we'll get into the more conference championship preview with San Fran, um, in a little bit. But the Bucks, you know, I know you said they might have found, you know, their future quarterback in Baker Mayfield. I, I, you know, I agree to an extent. I think but, he's at. You got to give him. He at least has earned next year. I think that's completely. Oh, hundred percent. I agree, and and they're gonna probably pay him 
more than what Daniel Jones. What do you, what do you, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think he gets? What is oh, his 45, offer? 45 mil. Daniel Jones got 40 mil. Blank. I know, know because we talked about this last year and we all were both like, what the fuck, Daniel Jones? 45 mil. Um, the only problem is, is two years, the Bucks, two year deal. Yeah, probably four, but it'll be opt out for two. Um, the Bucks have a lot of free agents this offseason. A lot. Mike Evans is one of them. Like, I don't know if Mike Evans whatever number he wants. But I don't know if he wants to come back, Blaine. And they're not gonna franchise tag him. I I don't think that's gonna happen at all. Because franchise tags are really gonna put him high. Right. Um I don't know if he's worth that high, but I don't think I don't think he comes back. Um I think Pretty sure Levante David's a free agent. A lot of their secondary. A lot of people say agent. that he's gonna walk. He they're letting him walk because yeah. of this because of the rookie. Yeah, the new guy. Yep. A lot of their secondary is free agents too as well next year. So they're gonna take a little bit of a beating next year. And uh, you know, not a bold prediction, but I don't think the Bucks gonna make it back to the playoffs next year. In my opinion, uh, is that just because more of them losing so many pieces, or is that because of the NFC South? Both. I think they, they're they going to lose too many pieces, but I think there's going to be uh, potentially another team that comes in and gets in front of them. Okay. Who do you – who do you would you put New Orleans ahead of them right now, or would you put both Atlanta ahead of you? You're Atlanta Falcons ahead. Atlanta Falcons will be ahead of the Kevin Bay Buccaneers next year, and Atlanta Falcons will win the NFC South. In 2024-2025 season. Why why do I even ask the question? Next question. Yeah? You guys getting Bill? Bill, Harbaugh, it don't matter. I don't care. We're bringing in a quarterback. Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins was the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons this season, they would have won the NFC South easily. Probably. That's how mediocre. Uh, that's how bad your quarterback play was. Exactly. We lost two to three games because of Desmond Ritter. We lost. Yeah, Yo, you have Joe. You have Joey Flacco. You guys win the division. Potentially, I don't know about I'm that. On him, yeah. so you have Joey Flacco. You win the division. Potentially. So, um, but yeah, I just think the Bucks had a hell of a run. Good for them. I this is kind of the end of their Super Bowl like team too this year. I got I a feeling like Baker might just prolong it a little bit, and I think they're kind of just getting a little bit starry eyed right now with mm-hmm. him. But sure. like, I hate to say it, like, is it just Baker just showing that flash of potentially what was at Oklahoma, or like, are you going to get the Baker Mayfield of what you got with the Browns and Carolina Panthers and right. the, you know in the Rams like? What are you going to get, right? If it wasn't, let's be honest, if it wasn't for the rest of the NFC South sucking, they would have never made the playoffs. I mean, I guess you could say that with any team, right? But, like, they probably, in any other division, they aren't making the playoffs. Well, you almost had to think of, right, if you're looking at it from your perspective, like that New Orleans and Carolina last two games, if they – if they lose to Carolina because he didn't play well, right? No. You lose there, yep. and he he might not even have get the job, right? Yep. Then you sneak in, you get a Philadelphia team that everyone picks apart, right? Yeah. So you he played 
then you play well in that game, you win a game. So at that point, he kind of earns the job because he, he exceeded Tampa Bay's expectations based off of how they played. And then you lose a one-possession game to the to Detroit. I mean, but it's also a Detroit team that is extremely bad in the secondary, right? Cam Sutton didn't even look like he was on the same field a couple of those plays. Yeah. Yeah, I just – I don't know if I see them getting back to this point next year. And I just – I don't see it at all. I think, you gotta fair, expect, I think it's a fair assessment. Like, you got to expect – Sorry. You got to expect, like, other teams to come up and advance mm-hmm. again, right? Like, you got to expect the Eagles to figure it out. And you got to expect them to come back. You know, you got to – you got to expect – Dallas to still be there, even though you know they should have won. But they, you gotta expect them to still be there. You gotta expect the Lions still to be there. They're playing the ball. The Niners, you know, the Rams are they still gonna be where they are at? Seattle, Packers, yeah. You know, yeah, the Packers. Would the Vikings potentially be back where they are? You know, if they get a competent quarterback play and Justin Jefferson stays healthy, right? Like, sure. there's a lot of them ifs, and I think a lot of them teams making the right moves would put them past the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, next year, in my opinion. No, I think it's a complete fair assessment. I think the team did get lucky with how weak the bottom of the NFC kind of was. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, let's jump to the last one, which was the rematch of the rematches. As always, it was Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, this time on the road traveling to Orchard Park to take on the Buffalo Bills. And same old script, regardless if it was down up at Arrowhead or down at Orchard Park, it turned into a Kansas City victory, 27-24. And Kansas City Chiefs, looked like the Kansas City Chiefs this, the last couple weeks. Uh-oh, I'm just, that's all I got to say is, uh-oh, Kansas City Chiefs look like the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. That's all I have to say. Six for six. All right, your take on the game. So I'm going to rewind a little bit here. And there was a time back in October, November, and the Chiefs were playing the Dolphins in Germany. Yep. That was when the Dolphins were extremely hot. Kansas City was iffy at the time. And Mahomes was plus money. At the time. And I was talking to my buddy, Mark, as we're going to the golf course, we're talking about this game. And he goes, Joe, we may never see Mahomes plus money again. We probably should take this. In the back of my head, I'm like, he's probably right. But I talked to myself and him out of it. I go, it's Miami. Like, they're playing hot. It's Tyree Kill. Blah, blah, blah. You were on on the Dolphins train. That was when you were on the train. Correct. And Chiefs. I think end up she's end up winning that game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Comes around again. Where Saturday and Sunday rolls around. My dad, I'm with him on Saturday. What do you think about the games? So I start talking about it. He goes, What do you think about this Chiefs game? I go, Joe. I go, Patrick Mahomes is plus money. At the time, he is eight one and one as an underdog against the spread. I go, I am not falling for this mistake again. I am taking Patrick Mahomes. And that is who is going to win this game. He's like, all right, that's fair to say. Fair to say. Lo and behold, Patrick Mahomes beats the Buffalo Bills. 
Mm-hmm. And they looked exactly like the Buffalo Bills. They are Travis Kelsey able to find the end zone twice. Isaiah Pacheco is uh, is killing it right now in the running back. It was mm-hmm. a big X factor for them, to say the least. Almost got 100 yards on the ground as well. Um, Rasheed Rice has kind of shown that he is now taking over this wide receiver one role for Kansas City finally. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scanlon was able to catch the ball finally in this game as well. Um, but, you know, I kind of got to ask you and, and kind of talk about this too, but CBS was kind of making this game as potentially like the next Brady and Peyton, Peyton Manning matchup, right? Mahomes uh. and Allen. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, like if Allen wins this game, then maybe, right? But Allen has now lost this game. I just don't think this is anything like the Manning and Brady rivalry at all. I, I like I like Mahomes has dominated him. The only like the only times that I think Allen has won is what the regular season this past year, I believe. I think but, he's beaten him twice in the regular season now. But none in the playoffs. So far. nope, he's over in the postseason. Correct. So I don't think it's anything like this. I actually think it's more like a Tom Brady versus Philip Rivers kind of thing. Right? right. Like, I think it's more down that line where, like, you know, you're getting Josh Allen who's playing incredible ball. Same thing with Philip Rivers did. has the great stats, but, like, some playoff time just collapses. I I don't know. Like, for me, watching Josh Allen, the game has gone back and forth. I was rooting for Buffalo to win because I really wanted them to kind of get to the AFC Championship game. But, you know, last drive, he made a mistake. You know, he had Stefan Diggs underneath for a simple five-yard dig route underneath. Probably would have got 15, got the first. Time would have kept kept time would have kept clicking. Yep. Tyler Bass would have had a closer field goal if they would have had to go for the field goal. And they probably maybe even could have scored a touchdown and won that game. But instead, he goes for the big shot, which, don't get me wrong, probably was a decent option at the time because he was open. And if he doesn't sure. get the pressure from Chris Jones, then, yeah, it might be a touchdown. But right. – you also have a five-yard dig route. You could have got 15 yards and would have been game. I mean, not game, but it probably would have been easier for Tyler Bass to make a field goal. You know, potentially could have been a touchdown. You know, I know we're only looking at one play here. I get it. But, you know, it, it's just like the stuff like that, like with Josh Allen and like trying to always make the big play. It's like, I don't know, man. Like just sometimes you got to check it down every once in a while and like just do what you got to do just to get the first and waste clock there. And it's just, no. So let's go for the big shot. Because even if he scores, like, there's still over a minute 30 for Patrick Mahomes still to drive down the field. So, I don't know. I just don't think it's a Peyton Manning and Tom Brady rivalry like they were hyping it up to be. All this is is that this is the same old Bills. Regardless that they've got a new quarterback, Regardless if they have the elite wide receiver like they did in the early 90s, this team just doesn't know how to close out the football game when it really matters. And now that they've lost a third time, and this time in your own building, the mental hurdle of this of going against the Kansas City Chiefs now almost feels like it's insurmountable because you've lost twice, right? The first two times... The first game, Patrick Mahomes beat them pretty, beat them, right? Second time, you can make the argument that both teams, if the overtime rule was changed, that's why it was changed because of what happened 
in that second matchup, right? They went toe for toe. This matchup, Buffalo got lucky that they even had a chance to tie that football game. Josh Allen, his stats say otherwise. He was 26 of 39 for 186 for a tutty. However, on the very first possession, Snead dropped a pick. Should have been picked off in the end zone, right? And they got the field goal there on the opening drive, right? So that's one mistake he gets away with. Then you have McDuffie also drop an INT. So he should have at least had two picks, right? And if it wasn't for Dalton Kikade being a player that hustles to get the football, he Josh Allen should have been accountable for three turnovers. And one of them was on that final drive, right? The fumble where it goes out of bounds and they keep possession or whatever, right? Josh Allen should have could have easily had three turnovers by himself in that game. I, I mean, you're exactly right. But also, like, Bill's probably should honestly got blown out by even more because if McCall Harvin doesn't fumble and the ball going out the end right. zone. And then what is Sean McDermott doing running a fake punt on fourth and five? I ain't going to say my real reason why, but. No, we'll yeah, say, say it. Say it. No, 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 no. no. We got yeah, we got listeners, so I can't say that stuff. So we'll keep it PG. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it PG. But yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Look, like it's just like to me, like you just said, it's, it's too the much same old ball, man. Too yeah, much. Yeah, it's the same ball. thing, and and Mahomes is able to figure it out. No sacks for him as well. Travis Kelsey was able to figure it out, but I don't know. I think there might be a little bit, maybe too much personality wise in Buffalo right now. I think like, I think Diggs is gone. I think, I think he's not is overrated, truthfully. He might be overrated, but I think he will not step on the field for the Buffalo Bills next year, especially after all the issues that they had last offseason. Sure, sure. I don't know. I think he I think he's overrated, truthfully. And then Gabe Davis is a free agent, so like he might be on his way out. I'm not um, having him him hurt, but yeah. So that, that could be a game changer for the Buffalo Bills, and they're gonna have to do a little uh look in the mirror and see what they need to do moving forward, to yeah. say the least. So would you say this matchup was more good Kansas City or bad Buffalo? Oh, good Kansas City. I think Kansas yeah. City won that game still. Like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, as efficient as could be, was able to maneuver his way down the field. Pacheco was able to run just like he's been doing all year now. And then you're able to find Travis Kelsey, who has, hasn't been anything over the last six, seven weeks now at this point. Finally, you're able to find him, get two touchdowns. One was wide open. Um, you know, it's if you can get him rolling, like, you know you're going to be working well because they're doubling Kelsey no matter what. That's why, right. essentially, he hasn't been playing well the last six, seven mm-hmm. weeks. And Rasheed Rice has finally had a step up. You know what I mean? They're able to find a wide receiver that steps up. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Kansas City was a better team here, and they just won. So Agreed. Do you think Sean – the Sean McDermott stays the DC. I think if they get Leslie Frazier back, I could definitely see it happening. You think? I think that would be beneficial. I don't know. I think he's got to let go of the defense. I think they were too exposed these last couple weeks. Maybe. Like I, honestly, I, Pittsburgh should have had no chance to be in that game, and they kept Pittsburgh in the game like two weeks ago, right? True. But, I mean, True. they were also – Buffalo had every injury on every area of their defense, to, to also be yeah. fair. But I yeah. don't know. 
don't know. One, There's one a lot of buses coverages. Yeah, one of my buddies of mine hit me up like right after the Bills lost. He was like, "Oh, could you see McDermott be on his way out?" I'm like, "No, McDermott's not getting fired." People are talking about that. If Bill would, would you if Bill was willing to go across the AFC East? I don't think they would fire McDermott. McDermott has had way too much success to be fired at this point. Like he's not. He's like getting in. He's kind of getting into that like Tomlin. And I mean, Tomlin's kind of up there, but like he's getting up into that realm now. He's been there for like how long? Six, eight years now, I think. And you got to give him credit for how he turned that fo- this football team around, right? Like, right. They, like he, they were 500, like leaking oil, ready to freaking throw in the towel. Correct. Like, I, okay, like I, I know the Kryptonite's been the Chiefs. I understand that. But like, you do pretty well in the playoffs, right? Like, yeah. It's kind of tough. I, I don't know. I was like, I I don't see him getting fired, man. Like okay. he's able, he's got a winning record. He's got a, I'm pretty sure he's got almost a winning record in the playoffs. Like it's pretty damn near close. Um, you know, it, it, it's just a lot. I was like, I just don't think he's going to get fired. There's no shot. So. Okay. Fair enough. But, All right. So speaking of Kansas city, will be traveling to Baltimore. So let's start previewing these games a little bit. Kansas City at Baltimore, and it'll be Detroit at San Francisco. All right, Joe, which game are you going to be tuned in more to this weekend out of the two? If you had to pick one of the two, which one would you dial in for out of the two matchups? That's a good question. I'm pretty dialed into both. That's a really good question because I don't know. I know it's a coin flip. That's why I thought it was. I thought it would be a good one. I guess the Lions and Niners game. Really, I'd actually go the other way just because of the greatness of the two quarterbacks in the AFC. Yeah, so like that would be the that would be my flip answer. But like this answer is like I I, I don't know. I'm a big Shanahan guy. I like Shanahan just because he came from Atlanta. I like what he did in San Fran. But I'm also like rooting for Detroit because. It's Detroit story, right? Like if they 100%. make it to the Super Bowl, like it'd be ecstatic, like it'd be incredible stuff. Um, big fan of Jameer Gibbs. I love him on St. Brad. Like I'm honestly both games may no, excuse me. In the San Fran and the Lions game, I'm room for both. It doesn't really matter to me who wins. Yeah. I know a lot of people are just like, I'd rather want the Lions to win. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But like if I see San Fran in, I'm not gonna be upset. Sure. Flip side, I kind of want the Ravens to win. Not that I, not that I'm like rooting against Mahomes, but like it's just like ah, I just kind of want to see somebody else in there, you know, sure. somebody else represent. Especially like we have Ravens and Lions, like I think it'd be cool. I think the Ravens blow the Lions out though. And the Ravens already cool. did that this year. Exactly. Yeah. Like I think the Ravens blow them out. Like I think if it's Ravens and Niners, I think it's closer. Because you don't think I, the Niners will get blown out the twice. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think, I think their defense is going to be ready and locked in. But, like, I think if it's the Lions versus the Ravens, I think the Ravens can blow them out. Fair. So, so I, I, truthfully enough, I just – I think the Ravens are, like, probably the best football team out there out of the last four left. Oh, without question. Right? Like I think I think you basically – you hold on to Kansas City because of the guy that's playing quarterback. Correct. And I just said it 10 minutes ago. He's going to be plus odds. Are you you gonna, fool me once, you can't get fooled again, right? You, you take plus you, money again. You taking Pat at plus money? 
He's plus money again. You kind of got to like, you kind of just got to be like, well, he's plus money. What he's he's nine one and one against the underdog, which is wild to think about because how long has he been in the league? Six years, seven years now. He's been yeah. the underdog in ten games, ten games in his Unreal. career. Unreal. Uh, exactly, but. Yeah, like I said, I'm just excited because it's good football. I'm not really rooting against anybody, and I'm not really like cheering for anybody. I'm just like, yeah, it's it's good football. I'm ready to it's see good it. Football. Like, it's I'm, good football. I'm ready to watch some guys, you know, play why they're there. Superstars to come out and make names again, once again for themselves. You know what I mean? Um, sure. You know, Jared Goff being able to do what he can do. Amon St. Brown to being able to get nine, ten catches for 100 yards. Shamir Gibbs to have a great game. You know, George Kittle have a really solid game. You know, is Brock Purdy put the statement for the MVP of why he should be it? You know, is this defense really legit for San Fran, right, on the flip side? Then you got the other game, right, Kansas City and, and Lamar. Like, Lamar's first conference championship game. Finally, he's healthy, able to even make it to this point. You know, is he able to get over the hurdle, able to take down Mahomes? You know, is Mahomes able to get back now for what's it, it's fourth if it's going to be or fifth fourth, now it's yeah, going to be fourth Super fourth, Bowl it's fourth and honestly to say to say the least he wins this one I think this is the most impressive one so oh, far without question if they win the Super Bowl this year he has put himself you now have the argument against Tom Brady yeah like I, yeah the rings aren't there but like this team. I feel like every time he's been to the Super Bowl, he's got a worse and worse team there. It's oh, yeah. almost slowly it, declined for sure. Correct. Like this team that is that is constructed right now, I think is the worst Kansas City team that we have seen over the last six years or over the last yeah. years that Mahomes has been there. Um, sure. But this Ravens defense is, is legit. It's going to be a beast for him to take, you know, hopefully potentially beat or, or go up against and it's going to be a, a wild matchup to see and uh, one to stay tuned for i don't know if you've seen there is a uh um not a saying there's a uh thing going around twitter that i just seen today that if you lose to josh allen in the playoffs you do not win the next game I don't know if you've seen if you it, beat josh allen you mean oh i'm sorry if you beat josh allen you do not win the next game really Correct. I thought um, Cincinnati did that, though, when so, Burrow did it. So in 2019, they played the Texans. Texans beat them. They went to Kansas City. They lost to Kansas City. Okay. 2020, Kansas City <clears throat> beat them in the AFC uh, championship game. Lost they to went Brady, to the Super lost Bowl. Lost to Brady in the Super Bowl. Lost to Brady. 2021. They beat Kansas City, beat them in the divisional round. They lost to Cincinnati in the conference championship game. Oh, that's right. 2022, the Bengals beat the Bills. They, they lost, lost last to year yeah. to Kansas City. So now, so now this year it's Chiefs, and now they're going up against Baltimore. So we'll see if it continues. And the way that color of that LVIII right <laughs> now, it's purple. So it's going to be the Ravens probably winning this. I'm just letting people know. All right. Who, is that who you're picking? Who are you picking then? What are your two picks? Yeah, I'm on Ravens San Fran. Ravens San Fran. Yeah. I have the Ravens. And you know what? I'm going to go out on an island and I'm taking – actually, no. The Niners were in my Super Bowl picks and they're still alive. Buffalo <laughs> screwed that up last week by losing. But 
Ravens 49ers as well. However, it, if you're a better, the spread in this Niner Detroit game, you are pounding the Detroit Lions. On what is it? I haven't it's even a, seen it. It's like seven. Yeah, it makes sense. You seven makes sense to you? I would have said six. Yeah, I would have said six. I thought it would be closer to like five and a half. Five, five and a half. I, I would take Detroit. I think on the on the line, I'd take Detroit on the line. I mean, I think, think about like a in the terms high. of the or betting. you alternate spread it and you do seven and a half, alternate spread it. Probably some decent money there. I the problem is is I don't think San Fran gets blown out. I think the Lions could get blown out in this game, though. Just because of all the emotion they've put in these last two weeks. Well, that now you're going on the road, right? Across the country. So, exactly. Uh, you know, I just think San Fran's defense is going to come out ballistic once again. Um, I just think they're going to be able to pass rush Jared Goff. And Jared Goff hasn't really seen too much of this in the playoffs so far. You pressure Jared uh, Goff, he'll make mistakes. Exactly, and I think you're just gonna you're they're gonna get pressed big time, and I, yeah, I, I I could see it potentially being a blowout in San Fran's way. Do I think hmm. it happens? No, but that's why the seven makes sense. You know, okay, I think that's what makes sense. So, and I think Baltimore it's three and a half. I think, yeah, yeah. That's basically just saying that's basically just saying that you're the home team. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it is, but that's what it was with, you know, Buffalo. Buffalo, right, yeah. You know, that's what it was with Buffalo, too. Uh, um, I do think we – I think we're supposed to be getting decent weather coming in over here in the Northeast, mm-hmm. so the weather shouldn't be a problem. I think it's supposed to actually be, like, 50 or 45, so, like, Baltimore actually won't be cold, won't be snowing. Like, it's going to be straight weather. Decent, Everything should be fine. Decent conditions, yeah. Yeah, everything should be fine and dandy. Um, should have no worries there. So no effects uh, in terms of the weather. So no, I think I think both will be one possession games. I think it'll be very similar to how the these last couple of games kind of ended. The quarterback will have the ball with the chance to win it, and they'll probably come up short. I think Kansas City. I think Mahomes will have the ball with a chance to win the game, and it'll be Baltimore's defense that has to rise up. I got a question for you because I've been saying this statement for a long time now, especially the last three years. Would you rather want Patrick Mahomes with the ball in his hands in two minutes for you to score, or would you rather want Lamar Jackson with the ball in his hands with two minutes left to score? Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I disagree. I I would take Lamar. Really? Why is that? I have said for the last three years, I, I think health's been his biggest issue, but I think Lamar Jackson is hands down the best quarterback to have with two minutes or less because what you can do passing and right. rushing. Like, he can easily get you 15 yards on the ground. No problem, yeah. right? No problem, no questions asked. Like, Mahomes isn't going to do that. Mahomes is going to – don't get me wrong. Mahomes is surpassing well, man passing, right? Yes, yeah. and, and surpassing, but, like – it's just like how quickly the Ravens can move down the field just because now you have his legs. It's just the game changer for me. And that's what makes him the game changer, you know, in terms of the quarterback position. Now, I think that's a fair statement. My only pushback would be you really don't see that out of Baltimore. 
this is a very meticulous offense. You really don't see them really go hurry up. So when it gets wow. to that position, can he get can you actually do it? Because they're really not they're also very similar to San Francisco. They're a team that loves to get so far out in front that they kind of turn it off in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, but I think like we we are able to see them dominate games. You know, we're able to yeah. see Lamar dominate games in a way that like we don't see, you know, quarterbacks take over that often especially this year when they are beating teams that like our playoff teams still in it now, destroying the Lions, destroying San Fran, destroying the Cowboys, like right. stuff that you're just like, what? Like this game was actually supposed to be close. Like this was potentially a Super Bowl preview. No, like the Rangers are like, no, we're just taking over and winning this game. So I agree. Like, I guess they're like looking to get out in front, but like, even if they're behind, like I'm not really worried. Like, you have Lamar Jackson back there. Like, he's going to make stuff work. He's going right. to make stuff happen. Um, and I, I just think his biggest downfall was just him being injured. And right. now this is like the first year that since his, what, MVP year that he's not injured. So Yeah, and that's why he's going to be the MVP again this year. You get yeah. him healthy, he's going to be arguably the best player in football. Potentially, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. So, damn. Gonna be a weekend. I can't wait for it. Oh, I but can't that, believe it. I can't believe it's over. Yeah, it's sad, man, because we're two weeks away from Super Bowl now at this point, and you're thinking it's coming to an end. But you know, the NFL, I got to give Goodell credit. Like they make this off season like interesting to watch, though, as well. You know, with between Fair. the draft, free agency, you know, trading picks here and there, like at random times, like I'll get notifications from Rappaport. I'm like, yeah, let's go. I'm for it. So. Uh, I'm going to have to start paying coaching basketball. Yeah, head coaching <laughs> hires, though, as well. Um, so Tennessee Titans hired the offensive coordinator for the Bengals as well. But Bucks are already trying to hire Doc. Oh, yes, I did hear about this. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to come first full circle for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, no, I will say I got to give the NFL credit because they do make now the offseason even interesting before, you know, back 15, 20 years ago, it really wasn't. Like, everyone was like, yeah, whatever. But now they make it interesting. People oh, yeah. are more tuned in. So. Without question. So, yeah. So, we're getting there. We'll be back on next week, folks, to uh, preview the Super Bowl or maybe the Pro Bowl. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, probably, definitely probably not the Pro Bowl. Sorry, Pro Bowl. So, we'll get into that. Maybe get into some head coaching hires, what people were thinking, um, how this will affect their future, um, and and much more, of course. And we'll pre we'll we'll recap these uh, NFC and AFC championship games. Hopefully, it'll be a good one. Hope you all enjoy it as well. And uh, yeah, enjoy the Yo, weekend. Shout out, quick shout out, Nick Dunlap. Good job this weekend, man. First amateur in a long time to get a dub. Wow, we got to bring back golf talk. Oh man, yo, I had to get had to give a quick shout out to my guy. Wow, we might have to bring back golf talk next week because they're at the farmers this week, so it's kicking off PGA tour. We're gonna start talking some golf. Ah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. So make sure you stay tuned for all that. But we'll be back next week here on the final whistle. So as always, folks, we'll chat with you later. Have a great day. See.